This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 757, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 26th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 757. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 26th. And if you're saying to yourself, it's March 9th, why are we still talking about February? That's a great question. I'm a little behind on the podcast these days. Uh, reviews episodes used to come out uh, the Wednesday following uh, books releases, which would have been last this past Wednesday, and usually Friday, Saturday used to be the non-reviews episodes, and I've been very uh, tardy as of late. Uh, it started making me think that I might end the podcast today. Actually, at uh, episode 800 just because it's getting harder and harder to keep track of it and keep it on time and get guests and uh, you know coordinate things and just uh, it's been a little bit harder than I originally anticipated so not really sure what the long-term uh, plan for the podcast is going to be but let's talk about releases in the week of February 26th there was so many books that came out uh, I've only read a small handful um, the releases included 2020 Force Works number one Action Comics Amazing Spider-Man The, the Daily Bugle Amethyst uh, number one, Ant-Man. Number two, Avengers 31, Avengers of the Wastelands, Batgirl, Batman, Curse of the White Knight, Batman, Superman, Batman Beyond, Black Panther, Detective Comics, Dial H for Hero, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Fantastic Four, Grim Noir, Ghost Rider, Justice League Dark, Leviathan, Dawn, New Mutants, Punisher Soviet, Ravencroft, Red Hood Outlaw, Scream, Curse of Carnage, Shazam, Star, Star Wars, Suicide Squad, Tarot, Wonder Woman, X-Force, X-Men, and Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen. And I'm just trying to think, did I read that X-Men? I guess I did not. I thought I did for some reason. So those are the books I did not get a chance to read, and that's a crap ton. Um, so what did I get a chance to read? So I only got a chance to read about four books, so settle in for the next ten minutes. We're going to go quickly through some of these best shots. Uh, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 40 by Nick Spencer and Iban Coelho and Z. Carlos. Um, I actually really like uh, Nick Spencer. I think he's a good... good. Uh, it's not Nick Spencer, sorry. Iban Coelho. So I actually really enjoyed the art here. Um... It was kind of it was it was kind of forgettable and I think a little bit more protracted at times and it wasn't always clear exactly what was happening but I like the the overall idea of having you know the end of the big um, launch of J- Jameson's new podcast an episode he does with Spider Man which is mostly done off panel um, you have this fight with uh, with Chance and you got these Jack lanterns who show up to help Chance and they still uh, one of uh, Spider Man's web shooters the whole thing was very kind of haphazard. You got Nora Winters at the end kind of giving Peter a new job, and that's interesting to see where that's where that might go. Um, so I'm interested in what this sets up. I also feel like this storyline did not need to be this long uh, in terms of setting up kind of this next thing. Uh, I think it was a little protracted. I don't know if the chance and uh, foreigner stuff was really that compelling or interesting. The, the reveal behind Nora Winters and the chameleon, I don't know if I buy that either. Um, but it just definitely felt like we were moving forward, and uh, yeah, I, I, it was a decent issue. Um, the art uh, by Coelho was enjoyable. Um, it wasn't always, you know, the best. Uh, there was a few pages where I didn't really like, but I liked that the work on Nora Winters, I thought, at the end, uh, really worked uh, in terms of, like, her, the, the facial expression she has. The last shot at Chameleon, I thought, really worked as well. Um, yeah, some of the stuff I thought was really, you know, well done. And, like, Chance looked probably the best he has in ever uh even the jack-o'-lanterns look pretty cool although they feel like the jack-o'-lanterns um feel less and less impressive every time we see a jack-o'-lantern like the original jack-o'-lantern was cool and had the skills and now i just feel like they're just kind of flunkies i mean obviously it's people who are meant to be flunkies but it just feels weird to see them this way um but overall you know it was a decent enough issue i'm gonna give it a seven 
which is maybe a little higher than I should, but uh, I, you know, it was all right. Uh, next up, we have Giant Size X Men Jean Grey Emma Frost number one by Jonathan Hickman and artwork by uh, Russell Dowderman doing story and art and Matthew Wilson on colors. Virtual calligraphies, Clayton Cowles on letters and Tom Muller on design. Um, I really like the colors by uh, by Wilson here. Uh, Dowderman does a great job. Uh, a lot of this ends up being wordless, so it is much more important that you have a strong uh, artistic sense. Um, we've seen issues like this before where you have kind of a psychic rescue or something going into someone's mind. I think uh, most notably the Nuff Set issue of New X-Men uh, during Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly's run, so it definitely feels like this is similar in idea. I like that you have Emma and um, uh, Jean going into Storm's brain to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, it feels very Hickmanish in terms of what they find when they're there, uh, but I do like seeing how these two women interact with each other. Um, it feels very interesting because we didn't get to see a lot of them interacting in the new X Men run before, like before Jean died. Like they had some interactions, but a lot of you know the time that Emma spent being a hero and being ahead of you know one of the leaders of the X Men, Jean wasn't around for. So it's kind of interesting to see having them together. And there's the idea here that uh, in 30 days. Um, there's a machine virus inside Storm that's going to kill her. So that's really cool and definitely sense, uh, has a sense of stakes, uh, which is really thrilling and makes this kind of a not just a, an adjunct book, but a book that probably makes more uh, narrative sense and has more drive to the overall narrative that Hickman's putting together and therefore is more important as well. Uh, some great visuals. Um, and yeah, a lot of this is on... Um, is on Dutterman. Like, if Dutterman isn't able to carry the load here, the issue's not going to work, and yet he does, and it's thrilling and exciting and kind of trippy. I kind of wish there had been some words at times, um, just because I would like to see what they're actually thinking to each other. Um, but not that you can't get a lot of that out of the acting that uh, Dutterman is able to imbue the characters with, but uh, no, this was great. I'm going to give it a, a very solid, I think, eight and a half. I think this was a great book. Uh, next up, we have Spider-Ham number three, um, which I didn't really care for. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really enjoying it. It's by Zeb Wells, who I do love, and Will Robson on art. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely, I should take that back. For what it is, for a Spider-Ham story that's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek and a bit silly at times, I think it does a great job. Um, I just found myself not really that all that interested by it, but I think... So I, I think there's a it's, it's hard here because you have to you can't critique on what it isn't only what it is and I think for what it is it's a Spider Ham story which is very much in line with old school Spider Ham stories and his interaction with Spider Man the meta ness of it all um, you know the different forms Spider Ham takes here I think is 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 really well done and the kangaroo the conqueror is hilarious uh, the double reveal um, so I think. I don't know. I didn't personally enjoy it that much, but I think that's not a fault of Zeb Wells. That's not a fault of the artist. That's not even a fault of Spider-Ham. That's just, it's not really a book for me. I, I just don't really like Spider-Ham that much, maybe, uh, outside of the, like, I, I, I like him as a notable oddity, and I like that he's shown up in Spider-Verse, but do I need a Spider-Ham book? I don't think so. I think that's what this series is telling me, that it's not really for me, and that's okay. Because um, I think, again, it's written well, and it's well illustrated. It's just not something I care to read. Um, so it's hard. Uh, I'm going to give it like a seven because, again, I didn't like it, but that's not because it wasn't good. 
Like, it's not like the writing is terrible and it's all over the place. It's not like the art is, you know, slapdash or, you know, looks hurried or just isn't very good art. I think it was good art. I think the art's probably easier for me to appreciate. But I guess the story was kind of like, it was a Spider-Ham story. And if you read the original Spider-Ham books, uh, they're going to feel like this. Uh, maybe a little, at times a little bit less meta, but still silly and cartoony. I, that's just not always for me, and that's okay. So I'm going to give it a 7. I think that explanation made some modicum of sense and uh next uh we have uh what is the actual name of this book x-men fantastic four number two uh this is by um chips chip Sidarsky, and you got terry dodson on pencils with rachel dodson with carl story and ransom getty on inks with laura martin on colors i don't think you can get a better creative team i love laura martin's colors they're always so vibrant uh Zdarsky is an amazing writer and you have a top flight um you know, art team. This was a lot of fun to read. Um, you know, the X-Men Fantastic Four being at odds, uh, Doom having, you know, kidnapped Kitty, uh, and Franklin Richards trying to, you know, help, uh, Franklin. I'm, I'm in, I'm enjoying this. I'm loving it. I'm going to give it a, a very solid eight. And, uh, last but not least, before we, uh, say goodbye for the week, um, just looking forward to the next week's uh, comics, which is already, what, five days ago at this point. Um, next week, I will for sure be talking about Batman 90, uh, Daredevil 19, and Strange Adventures number one. Uh, so those books I will for sure be talking about. Um, some of the other releases that came out on March 4th that I at least want to mention uh, include 2020 Rescue, Black Cat, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, number two, Dark Agnes, number two, Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, Excalibur, Iron Man 2020, Justice League, Justice League Odyssey, Lois Lane, Magnificent Ms. Marvel, Marauders, Marvel, Morales, uh, Morales, Spider-Man, Savage Avengers, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Verse, Strange Academy, Strike Force, Superman Villains, and The Flash 750, a giant one. Um, so those are some of the books I'll be talking about on our next episode. Thanks for you for listening, and we will catch you next time. You can listen to us on, uh, sorry, you can rate review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, also listen to us on Stitcher. You can also email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.